Welcome to the Herringay Education Partnership Brief. It's Monday, the 7th of February. I'm Luke. And I'm Maya. And we're here to bring you up to date with what's happening in education. Here's what you need to know this week. The National Tutoring Programme hit the headlines again last week with Conservative MP Robert Halfen demanding ministers should either look again at the contract with Randstad, work with Randstad to up its game or else seriously consider enacting the break clause. The for-profit firm won the contract with the National Tutoring Programme after undercutting a group of charities, including the Education Endowment Foundation, that had set up the programme in its first year. The catch-up scheme has been criticised by school leaders for the bureaucratic nightmare of accessing the scheme, which had only reached 15% of its target by the end of its first term. The DfE released new guidance on behaviour last Thursday. The guidance states that students should be explicitly taught what good behaviour looks like, focusing on expected conduct rather than only prohibited actions. Two other points in the guidance stood out. The first, concerning phones, leaves it to the head teachers to decide if mobile phones can be used during the school day. The second is an update for guidance on exclusions and sanctions. It stresses that removing a student from the classroom should be considered a serious sanction and only used when necessary. Think Tank, the Education Policy Institute, has said schools should be judged on pupil inclusion metrics, such as exclusion rates, alongside attainment results to deter harmful practices such as off-rolling and highlight best practice. While performance measures that reference inclusion would be beneficial, Jeff Barton, General Secretary of the Association of School and College Leaders, warned that it is vital that any new measure has the confidence and the support of the sector rather than feeling like another stick with which to beat schools. The Education Policy Institute is seeking feedback on the proposals until March 2022, before the final report is published next summer. Wales is trialling a longer school day. 13 primary and secondary schools and one college will take part in a pilot scheme, adding an extra five hours, one per day, to the school week. The trial is not aiming to stretch the school day, but rather allow students more time to engage in extracurricular activities such as creative arts while also focusing on their health and well-being. Concerns have been voiced by trade unions stating that teachers and staff should not be required to take on extra responsibilities. We'll have to see what the results of the trial hold and if it might hop across the border. This week's Deep Dive, the Leveling Up White Paper. On the 2nd of February, the government published the Leveling Up White Paper a plan that identifies and targets 55 cold spots in the country where school outcomes are the weakest. These spots, 95% of which are outside of London and the southeast, are set to receive a package of measures to support schools with training and help children succeed. They include Rochdale, the Isle of Wight, Walsall, parts of Yorkshire, and Sunderland. These new education investment areas will receive retention payments from the DfE in order to keep good teachers in high-priority subjects. New specialist sixth form free schools will also be established in these areas in order to make sure that disadvantaged children have access to high-quality education. The Leveling Up White Paper looks especially closely at schools repeatedly judged less than good in Ofsted inspections and says they could be moved into multi-academy trusts. This is subject to consultation in spring, 
but it is part of a broader movement on behalf of the government to advance MATS. HEP member schools, who are already part of a strong educational partnership, need not worry about this push toward academization at the moment. More information about this subject is expected to materialise when the Education White Paper is released. That long-awaited document is expected to set out a clear vision for a system in which schools are in strong mats that are able to drive improvement for all their pupils. One of the paper's more ambitious goals is ensuring that 90% of children leaving primary school in England are reaching the expected standard in reading, writing, and maths by 2030. This will require a leap up from the 65% that met expected standards in 2019, not to mention the impact of COVID-19 and the disparities of achievement in different parts of the country. £30 million will be given to councils over the next three years to set up more than 10,000 new respite placements for children and young people with special educational needs and disabilities. These should help provide opportunities for disabled young people and give family carers a break so they can look after vulnerable children in the long term. Other funding will be dedicated to improving young people's access to extracurricular activities, the Supporting Families program in England, and a new skills mission to help more than 200,000 people in England complete high-quality training each year by 2030. Paul Johnson, director of the Institute for Fiscal Studies think tank, said about the levelling up white paper, The targets are largely in the right areas, but many look extremely ambitious. That is to say, highly unlikely to be met even with the best policies and much resource. There is little detail on how most of them will be met and less detail on available funding. There is something for everyone and hence little sense of prioritisation. Ambition and resource will be spread very thin. This week at HEP. Fran Hargrove and Heather De Silva are delivering a Leadership of the Curriculum session on Tuesday the 8th of February at 1pm. On Wednesday, we're hosting former Ofsted Inspector Nick Templeton, who will be delivering a free session to help you prepare your ICT leads for inspection. He will be running separate primary and secondary sessions. The highlight event of the week is Haringey Music Services Conference on Wednesday the 9th of February. In-person sessions at Ali Pali include workshops led by Electric Umbrella and Wigmore Hall Learning. The day will be rounded off by Dame Allison Peacock and Nate Holder with their online keynote speeches. All sessions are available to book on our website. This week, we've been watching Why does Estonia have the best education system in Europe? This YouTube video from Visual Politic English offers some insight into a European education system that is rated by some big names, including PISA, as one of the best in the world. Check out this video to see some of the educational policies and practices in place in this Baltic country. Search Why Does Estonia Have the Best Education System in Europe on YouTube. This week, we've been listening to BBC Teach Chinese New Year Audio Stories. To celebrate the Lunar New Year, BBC has released a couple audio stories about the Chinese festival, titled Chinese New Year, The Swimming Race, and The Dragon and the Phoenix. These audio class materials offer helpful insight into the culture and the history of the holiday. Links are in the show notes. Gongxi Fa Cai. This week we've been reading Cleverlands, The Secrets Behind the Success of the World's Education Superpowers by Lucy Crayham. 
Follow Lucy around the world as she explores education systems that are considered to be some of the best in the world. She visits Finland, Japan, Singapore, Shanghai and Canada, exploring the psychology and policy influencing the systems and the realities in the classroom. We see that no system is perfect, from ability streaming at the age of eight to extreme levels of stress. What can we really learn from each system? And that's it for our Monday, 7th of February, Head Brief. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This brief has been written and produced by Maya Cardwell and Luke Kemper. Music by Shane Ivers. We'll see you next week.